Online sports betting with Iowa's preferred sports book, Elite Sportsbook, is here. Active Resort Club members can log in, fund your account, and place your bets at elitesportsbook.com or visit their casinos to place your bets. Not a member? Visit Riverside Casino and Golf Resort in Riverside, Rhythm City Casino Resort in Davenport, or Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort in Larchwood, all in the state of Iowa. Hello and welcome to the Holosferdamus Odds Pod for week six of college football as we get into the meat of the season. I'm joined by Tim Sullivan of stand-up comedy fame here in Cedar Rapids. Nathan Ford's our producer. And we are sponsored by Elite Sportsbooks, thanks to them. It's Iowa-Michigan week, and that has been a special series for the Hawkeyes. I, they don't play Michigan every year, so the games kind of stand out in our minds a little more, I think. Uh, I thought it would be fun to talk about memories of the series in this first segment, and then we go on to pick the game itself. Uh, you know, I, I they're not in the same division. They don't play every year, but I think this is Iowa's best uh, football rivalry in certain ways, uh, just because there have been several memorable games and there's been balance, at yeah. least under Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, I mean, with Ohio State, you know, we we – don't have a great record overall against them or whatever, but uh, as of you know recently or even since the '80s, we've been always been pretty competitive with Michigan. So, um, and everybody looks forward to beating a Michigan or Ohio State, you know, if you get the chance to. So, I think that's why it's been such a fun rivalry with Michigan. What stands out when I ask you about the series? I mean, the last 20 years, actually, Ference has a winning record against Michigan. He's seven and five, and, and they've won five of the last six, which if I hadn't looked it up, I'm not sure I would have known or I would have bought that. Yeah, and I, I think I seen the stat uh, the other night about uh, since since Iowa and Michigan last shared the uh, Big Ten championship um, back in 2004, that uh, they both have the equal amount of wins. They both ha- – I mean, there are so many percentages and everything where it was like basically they were equal teams, mm-hmm. whereas – during that some of that time they were saying you know Michigan fans would have would kind of wouldn't want to be Iowa but uh you know Iowa's been pretty consistent over that time where Michigan has you know dipped down to you know three wins or whatever during a couple of those years and and uh, hasn't really been real consistent yeah I mean you look at Harbaugh and people are all down on him they won 10 games in three of his first four years, and they weren't the right 10 games. That's the problem up there. But just about any place else, you'd take three 10-win seasons in any four-year block. There's only maybe a half dozen places in the country where that wouldn't be enough. Yeah, it's sort of unfair probably because it is Harbaugh, and maybe people have high expectations for him coming in. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, um, a lot lot of programs would take that. And – you know, I know we wanted to talk about, you know, some of our vivid memories from some of these Michigan-Iowa uh, games of the past. And I wanted to ask you, because, you know, you have a couple years on me, but uh, what was your vivid memories uh, going back? Like, what is, what's one of your first Michigan-Iowa memories that kind of stood out for you? Uh, it goes all the way to 2002. They went up there, and Ference had not yet really won anything at Iowa. You know, I mean, they, they won an Alamo Bowl the year before in his third year, and it looked like, okay, this thing's starting to look good. And then they started the year, I think, uh, I don't know what they were overall, but I believe they were 5-0 and in the Big Ten. But they hadn't 
had that one win that made you think, okay, ready for takeoff, where they belong on the same field with the big boys. And they go up there, and I remember when that game was over, Robert Gallery planted an Iowa flag in the end zone, or tried to. <laughs> and, it, and that was a metaphor for what had just happened because the Hawkeyes planted the Wolverines that day. It was only 10-6 to 6 at halftime. But the final score was 34 to 9. They just owned them in the second half. Uh, Brad Banks threw three touchdown passes. Michigan couldn't move the ball. I mean, I think they had 22 rushing yards in that game. It was just stunning. And that was the day when you said, okay, there's something going on here, you know. And there was, as it turned yeah. out, because they end up, you know, going to the Orange Bowl. And, uh, uh, well, they went. They went unbeaten in the Big Ten that year. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was one of those, that was a turning point moment in the program. So for me in this series, at least under Ference, that's the one. For historical purposes, when I was in my first year of doing this, 1985, and they, of course, one versus two, it's a game that for younger listeners, it's like one of those things that, you know, you think it's black and white. <laughs> You know, it's it's. Uh, that, so that was your 1985 was your first, first year. First year on that beat, yeah. Okay. And what a year to start. Yeah. I mean, I, I the fact is I've been spoiled rotten doing this because my first year on Iowa football, they were ranked number one in the country for five weeks and went to the Rose Bowl. And then uh, the first year I had the Iowa basketball beat, they win 30 games and they're a whisker <laughs> from the Final Four. And nobody told me it's not like this every yeah. year, and it hasn't really been as good since i mean yeah that what a year to you know, start reporting i mean there's had been so much about i was uh, uh, a little younger uh, during 85 i kind of i can't remember the uh, michigan name game necessarily specifically but i remember watching the news that night not realizing you know the significance of iowa beating michigan i remember that season just how much hype you know went around that season um but it's kind of funny when we talk about you know from i have a, a kind of a peculiar um uh, Michigan, Iowa, um, memory that kind of stands out for me. And it's because I grew up in a family of 12. I have three brothers and eight sisters. So we never got to attend Iowa games. And, uh, I never got to attend an Iowa game until after my, uh, high school senior year. So my first Iowa game was actually October 1st, 1994. And that was Iowa against Michigan. And there is a, yeah, we actually, we got beat in that game, 14 to 29, but the thing that I remember, and this stands out to me to this day, um, Tim Dwight, who had uh, basically beaten my high school team the year before, 50 to nothing by halftime, <laughs> so they didn't even have to play the second half, but City High came out and did some gymnastic routine or something like that for the second half. But um, So he was playing. He, was on the actual, he wasn't on the kick return team. He was on the kick off team, and uh, he was running from the north end zone or from the south end zone to the north end zone. A Michigan player tried to block him, and he, full, as fast as he can run, he plowed this guy. This guy went, basically decleated him, flew to his back. It was the hardest hit I've ever seen in my life in person. I still remember it vividly to this day. And then he just kept on running. And this guy, nobody else in the stands probably even <laughs> saw that hit, how that happened. But to this day, and I always wanted to ask him about that if I ever uh, see him, if he remembers that hit, because that was the hardest hit I've ever seen anybody take. And it was <laughs> Tim Dwight on the kickoff team plowing into a uh, Michigan player. So uh, that was my first Iowa game that I was ever able to attend. I used to think that 
you know, to attend an Iowa game, you had to be a rich person. Um, so after I realized you didn't have to be, you know, a millionaire to attend games, I started attending a lot, a lot more games <laughs> after that. It's, uh, when I hear, when you hear that about Dwight, when I do anyway, I think of the Alamo Bowl when they played Texas Tech and there was a punt to a Texas Tech player, I believe. I think it was a punt. Might have been a kickoff. It doesn't matter. But Dwight's on the special teams because he just was. And he was downfield before anybody. And he just, you know, basically almost decapitated the guy. <laughs> and uh, that was early in the game. And then Iowa went on and won. And won kind of handily. And after the game, I go back to the hotel uh, it was a media hotel, Marriott, and on the Riverwalk in San Antonio, and Ed Podolak was in the hotel bar, and Ed had gotten there before I got there, <laughs> and uh, he said that when Dwight hit that receiver, Texas Tech, if, if it were roller derby, Texas <laughs> Tech was calling off the jam, <laughs> and that stuck with me all these years later. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with Michigan, but that was no, I that mean, was Dwight. Yeah, that's it just unbelievable. This not just a you know spark on kick returns and, and everything else he could do, but just yeah. being you know even on defense uh, to the, to a certain degree or whatever. You know, it seems like. If Iowa beats Michigan, it, it signifies they're going to have a good year. I mean, a really good year. Not always, but but quite often. Now, two years, three years ago, it didn't necessarily mean that. They they beat them at home in the last second field goal, and they ended up. I mean, they went to the Outback Bowl. But it was, other than that, that game, it was to me, it was a nondescript season. But that game made the season. That Michigan game. Well, and I, I remember the year after that, 2002, uh, even 2003, um, we won that game, and that was a that was a great game. Yeah, that was a fun fun day in Kinnick, and um, it was 30 to 28, yeah. and I, Iowa led through most of that but it had to hang on yeah. uh, Brett Greenwood picked off a pass in the final minute to seal it oh yeah yeah they were driving on offense and yeah that's uh, I was at that game that was a fun that was a fun game it was do a you nice... remember Ramon Ochoa yeah he caught a long touchdown pass <laughs> I think it was in the fourth quarter and he and Edgar Cervantes a fullback were from Los Angeles and his parents their parents would drive from L.A. to Iowa City for games. Oh, my gosh. And, and I, well, Ochoa was a hero that Saturday night, and so mm -hmm. I, got, I, got his, uh, I got the parents' phone number, and I called them Sunday afternoon while they were on the road back home. They, go, they went straight, <laughs> I mean, nonstop. That's what parents do. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, that is, I mean, I've driven that you know <laughs> several times myself but but uh yeah to be able to do that you know almost week in week out yeah that's that's some dedication that's yeah. you know it is amazing I mean, you got to give a lot of these players parents you know credit because they come to these games from far off distances and people that choose to come to iowa and their parents that you know are able to make it um you know god bless them for mm -hmm. for all their support that they give them. and there's a lot of play. michigan guys who have parents that make that trip several times a year you know on iowa's team uh, Golston, Lattimore, Ojemudia, Alaric Jackson. So they can downplay how big this game is all they want, but the fact is that once they get there in the big house Saturday, it's pretty big. Yeah, my, my first uh, chance to go to the big house was uh, 2004, um, and uh, I remember that game. We I think we ended up losing that game. I can't remember the exact score at this point, but 
But uh, I remember we, it was kind of rough going it, at first. It wasn't a, a route. No. And uh, that was the last game they lost that year. That that was the, I yeah. think that was their Big yep. Ten opener. Yep. And they peeled off seven wins after that and uh, went to the Capital One Bowl. Yeah, they hit a uh, midfield pass to Tony or not Tony Tony Jackson mm-hmm. uh, that kind of got him going. I remember Drew Tate got his helmet ripped off at one point and still was trying to fire yeah. the ball in the <laughs> <laughs> <end> zone. <laughs> and Hinkle had a great catch in that game. It was it was still a good game, but uh, well, uh, something you know. Here's something. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of game Iowa played the week before when it plays Michigan. That game you're talking about, yeah. the week before they played at Arizona State, and it was, it might have been the worst game they ever played under Ference, uh, including the game at Wisconsin in 2017. I mean, they they only had like 100 yards of offense, gave up 500. It, I don't, I forget the final score, but it was just a round. Yeah, I don't think they even scored. I think they had like a kick returner up punt return or something like that for their only score yeah, or something. Yeah, it like. was just – it was embarrassing. And, and here it is September, and you're thinking, this team's no good? Yeah. What What the heck? <laughs> yeah. And then they go to Michigan the next week, and they played them competitively. After that, they took off. You know, la- uh, two years ago – three years ago, I'm sorry, 2016. They Okay. They go to Penn State, and they got yeah, torched. That was another one that was like one of the most miserable – yeah, games. It, I'm, and and we're, I remember being in the State College Airport talking with people saying, you know, they got Michigan coming up this week. Michigan was 9-0 and and ranked <laughs> third. And there's just no way. There's no way. This is, I mean, we we all agreed. I, you just didn't see a way. Yeah. Iowa's coaches in later years would tell you they, they saw a way. Yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't easy, 14-13, to 13, but the uh, – it was just one of those old-time football games where neither team could move the ball. Iowa ran the ball 49 times in that game. They didn't run for a lot, but in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, Akram Wadley is starting to see daylight. Yeah. And then they get the field goal from the kid Duncan to win it, and it's one of the greatest moments in Kinnick Stadium yeah. history. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, that was, I was there too, and uh, right in that end zone, I still have the video. That where... must have been a great place to watch <laughs> the game that night. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, it was kind of on the sideline. I think I was somewhere right there in the end zone sideline. But uh, yeah, I got still got the video of the kick going through. I got to pull that back out again. But but I mean. Uh, what was that like? I mean, being in the stands that night and the game was so yeah, I mean, tense for 60 minutes. You know, you talk about that 1985 game. I wasn't old enough to be there or, or wasn't there. I mean, so I uh, wasn't able to enjoy the whole buildup to it. And this one, like you said, we just felt like there was no chance going into it. But then kind of once the game started and you started to mm-hmm. feel the night feel at Kinnick and, and we're starting to play them close and you're thinking, well, maybe – you know, things can happen, and mm-hmm. and then it just kind of felt like that. You know, you get a last-second kick at the end of the game to win it, and it was like – it was just almost like script, you know. You you know, isn't that Michigan's uh, thing, script Michigan, or who, oh, who has that? That's Ohio. The, <laughs> oh, they'll get you for that. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, Harbaugh was scared going into that game, and he told people that. He said, this is, this is going to be tough. Well, if you've seen his press conference this week, too, he's – it's kind of interesting watching him. He's oh, they're good. They're good. He does. Yeah. He had. He just kind of repeated. I coaches good. know. I mean, they just know. I. I the week that Ohio State came to Iowa in 2017 before they got just destroyed. Urban Meyer was just raving about Iowa, saying that they're they're so tough, and I just love how tough they are. 
Uh, he knew that it didn't matter what the point spread was that the bookies hung on that game, that they were going to be in for a day. Well, and it just shows you, too, like uh, when you look at, you know, these college kids that, you know, you lose a tough game and like they did at Penn State that week before and, and you got to come back and grind. Nobody wants to be known for your, you know, your last loss and how you played. You, you want to be tough and you want to come out and play. And I think, you know, when you got a team, you know, maybe if they had played Illinois or somebody the next week that didn't have a good record or whatever maybe they wouldn't have shown up as good but mm-hmm. when you got a good team that you're going to play undefeated you have something to be inspired for you can prove to people that that week before wasn't who you were you know um you, you, that's the thing about it's football in general really but college football especially i mean look uh, alabama and clemson and oklahoma and ohio state they're going to go 11 and 1 12 and 0 maybe 10 and 2 every year Five-star talent at every position eventually will wear you down. But there are every year there are those nights when you don't know, or days, when, when, when one team just has its act so together and maybe the kingpin just isn't quite right. We saw it last week. Clemson was very fortunate to beat North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now this game coming up that we're going to talk about in a minute it's not like that. Iowa's actually ranked higher than Michigan, so it's yeah. kind of a different story this year than when Michigan came to Iowa, but it's still very interesting, and we will pick this game after this break. It's football season. Place your bets with Iowa's preferred sportsbook, EliteSportsbook.com. Resort club members, log in now and place your bets at EliteSportsbook.com or visit their casinos to place your bets. Not a resort club member? Visit Riverside Casino and Golf Resort in Riverside, Iowa, Rhythm City Casino Resort in Davenport, Iowa, or Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort in Larchwood, Iowa. We're back. Now we're going to pick the Iowa-Michigan game. I think if you would have had a chance to go back in time this week, you would have loved it because... There was a, a line on this game that said, what was it, Michigan by 12, 13 points? Something I got like it that? at the beginning of the year for 16.5. Oh, my goodness. You must be feeling good about that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I told you I was last week when we talked on the podcast, you know, you got the Iowa season long. So each week I kind of do it again once the numbers kind of update, and, and I got it again for 12.5. So uh, 7.5, I think, what's it now? It's down to 3.5. Three and a half so. as of today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, that's a lot of points. Yeah, well, when I seen that, and it's hard to think that, you know, I thought regardless of how Michigan good they're going to be this year, it's hard to think that I was going to lose by 16 to anybody, really. I mean, yeah. it's rare that that happens. So. And, and hopes and expectations for Michigan were, you know, quite high in the preseason. We forget that Michigan and Nebraska were the popular choices to win those two divisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could still happen. Uh, but I don't think it's going <laughs> to. Yeah, not the way things are looking in September. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought Michigan would deserve to be the favorite just because, yeah. you know, I liked what they had coming back. Plus, I just thought Ohio State had to have a little drop-off without Urban Meyer. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, I thought no. it might take them a minute just to get the quarterback acclimated and stuff. But, yeah, they're, looking, they're off and running, basically. So, What do you think about this game? You know, we always talk about my superstitions, so it's. But I'm not going to let that get in the way of my opinion about this game. I mean, I like Iowa. You know, people are saying, you know, if Michigan can hit the big plays against Iowa, you know, that's that's what they're going to need to do. You know, but it's hard for a lot of teams to hit big plays against Iowa. 
And also, I think Iowa has the capability of hitting some big plays against Michigan uh, this year. I think this is a little bit different team. This is probably one of the best offenses Iowa's had in in a number of years. I mean, if, I'll ask you, what going back just from what you've seen in September, can you think of some comparable years or years where there's some better offense? Um, it's been a while, I think. I mean, with Bethard in 2015, they had a really good offense, you know. But uh, a lot of that was Bethard, but but he had weaponry, and you know the tight ends have been so instrumental in most of this decade. But playmakers to me is is a different deal, and I think Iowa's got more playmakers now than it's had in. I don't know, a long time. Uh, you've got three, maybe four receivers who I'd put in that category. And uh, then I think that you've got a, a nice core of running backs. They've got three running backs averaging 50-plus a game. Yeah, You don't see that. Yeah. And now I know that three of the four teams they played weren't very good. Okay, well. but we've seen Iowa teams just look ordinary against teams like that before. Good Iowa teams – trample teams like that and they have trampled yeah. those three teams and then you've got you got three receivers who are averaging i want to i think 60 plus yards and they have i don't know how many different players have already scored touchdowns receivers and uh running backs last week a, a receiver scored a rushing touchdown well this this game kind of to me has the feel of uh the penn state game last year um, going into that Penn State game at Penn State, it kind of felt like Penn State was, you know, weakened, and it felt like I, I felt pretty confident that Iowa could go in there and and win the game, and maybe, you know, win the game handily, possibly. And I think Iowa could have had a chance to do that against Penn State had had uh, Stanley hit that one uh, fake yeah. to Hawkinson. That might have, you know, been enough to put Penn State away, where they like, oh, maybe, you know. Let's try again next year against Iowa, but that wasn't his most shining moment. No, but you know he hasn't had any moments like that this year, and I realize that the caliber of competition is going to go up. Although I think that Iowa State defense might be as good as any he'll face, but he is he has been the senior that you would have wanted him to be so far. I mean, he he's thrown 136 passes, I believe, without an interception, dating to last season. Uh, that of active quarterbacks, that's fifth or sixth in the country. It's that's a that's you, that's really good, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it's not just that. I mean, some some guys might could do that out of caution. He's making plays. Yeah, you know, and he's making. He had a he threw a touchdown last week on a rollout to his right that I'm not sure he makes. Yeah, uh, that was two years ago. Yeah, and um, that's what I think. I think it's basically going to come down to. Just concentration by, you know, every player on the team. If you, you know, look in the ball, you know, don't let it go through your hands or bounce off because that's how I worry for him, the interceptions. I don't feel he's going to throw a bad play where he's going to accidentally throw it to the yeah. – I feel it's going to be something where a receiver has the ball coming perfectly to him, but they aren't concentrating and it bounces up and then that could result in an interception. So. You know, that's that's a good point. I mean, does Tyrone Tracy or Nico Regani – or uh, Torin Young or Tyler Goodson, whoever gets a chance in that atmosphere, play the same way that they've played in Kinnick. I I, I don't know, but uh, 
to me that's going to be interesting. But the, the nice thing for Iowa is that they got the veteran hand at quarterback, and they've got two junior receivers who I think have pretty much established that you can be confident in them. Yeah, and do you – I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking maybe there's going to be a couple plays where they're going to do something with Martin just to – Maybe just maybe. to kind of mess with Michigan. Well, I don't well. think that. I don't know. Uh, I feel like they're setting him up by, uh, these last few games. Well, that's, I feel that's a pretty elaborate. Just ruse. for a player, too. You know, here's what we haven't seen from Iowa really is trickery, and we've seen quite a bit of it the last few years, especially against the premier opponents. Well, when you don't need to do that against Middle Tennessee, and so they haven't. I mean, yeah. it'd be foolish to. They they have to have a couple things coming into this game that are they're at least ready to use and i and i i would be surprised if we don't see something yeah yeah I, i'm i have a couple ideas but <laughs> <laughs> just in case they got the michigan <laughs> team listening to this all gathered around them if they're <laughs> listening the michigan's gonna lose by 35 <laughs> points how are you picking this three and a half is the line as of thursday afternoon michigan yeah yeah i'm going with the hawkeyes i i it's I mean, everything says that you should pick the Hawkeyes. I'm a Hawkeye fan. They should win this game. I mean, I, Michigan, if you they come out and are disciplined, and you'll learn a lot about them, I guess, if they were able to win this game. But, but I think the only thing that scares us from, you know, picking Iowa is that, you know, if you had to name Indiana and they had the same resume as Michigan, um, I think you'd feel real comfortable picking the Hawkeyes. And so far, um, that's a good point. I mean. They got taken to overtime by Army. They got whipped at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, they crushed Rutgers, but if you don't crush Rutgers, you're a bum. Yeah. And they, they played Middle Tennessee like Iowa did. They controlled the game. I agree. Uh, I Three and a half, the half point is what I is why I'm taking Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you can lose to a last-second field goal and still cover. Yeah. Uh, I think, to me, this game's a coin flip. I, you know, I think Michigan's is going to have the best receiving core that Iowa's going to face this season. I would rather have Stanley than Patterson. Yep. Uh, this year, and uh, I think Iowa's got a defense that that compares very favorably to Wisconsin's, and Wisconsin smothered Michigan. So I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm gonna. I got a bad feeling for Iowa that. They don't get out of this with a win, but three and a half, give me that half point. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. And we will now have a break, and then we'll turn to a few other games in our locks of the week in which we can do a little bragging. Looking for the perfect spot to watch the game? Place your sports bet and get a great burger and brew? Visit the Elite Sportsbook at Riverside Casino and Golf Resort in Riverside, Iowa. Or... Rhythm City Casino Resort in Davenport, Iowa, or Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort in Larchwood, Iowa. For Iowa's preferred sports book, check out EliteSportsBook.com. We're going to pick some games real quick. TCU at Iowa State. Iowa State is favored by three and a half, I think, if I have that right. I thought it was, was at four. And I a wrote half. four. Okay. Well, three and a half, four. four we'll go with four. Okay. I'm still taking Iowa State. I think it's a good team. Iowa knows it's a good team. TCU's good, but I think the Cyclones pull it together this week. Yeah, that's. 
I'm going to pick Iowa State. I'm going to pick Iowa State. You don't sound confident. Yeah, hey, I don't. I don't. I'm still wondering what we got from them. I did. I mean, I guess I shouldn't doubt myself. I told you last week. I thought Baylor was their key to the season. I feel like Baylor and Iowa State are the uh, third and fourth, you know, best teams right now. But but I don't know. I mean, Iowa State. I still got to see more from them to understand what they are for sure this mm-hmm. year. So reluctantly, I'm picking Iowa State. I liked how they came back from 20 to nothing. I did too, yeah. I, uh, I, boy, if they'd have gotten out of that with a 21 to 20 win, we'd be singing their praises this week. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, they've got a win, 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 win now until that Texas-Oklahoma stretch, or Oklahoma-Texas, I guess. Yeah, I was hoping that uh, they, Baylor would kick the field goal and then Iowa State could return a punt because I needed them to win by five or whatever. <laughs> 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 it's a cruel game yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Northwestern and Nebraska, Huskers by eight. Uh, we know what happened in Nebraska last week. It was ugly. Uh, Northwestern played Wisconsin tough. Do you think that Northwestern covers the eight at Lincoln? Well, you had a good lock last week when you picked Northwestern to cover against uh, Wisconsin, and they did, right? Was that, yeah. That was, that was it. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of, eh, I don't know about that. But uh, now you inspired me. I think I'm going to go with Northwestern on this one. Well, the last two times these teams played, it went to overtime, and um, which would make an eight-point <laughs> spread pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not going to lose in all likelihood if it goes to overtime. Yeah. If you've got eight points. Uh, I don't know what to make of this game, but um, I believe in Northwestern in, on the road in the Big Ten, and they played Wisconsin so tough that I think they can compete out there. So I'll take those eight points. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, they could, Nebraska still win with a touchdown. Michigan State, Ohio State at Columbus. Buckeyes by 20.5. Uh, the Buckeyes have covered the last four games and done it quite easily. What well, do you think uh, of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been real impressed with Michigan State this year. I don't. But and I looked at last week's game; they given up 31 to Indiana. But then I look at some of the Iowa teams, you know, that have had good defenses and good teams, and sometimes they struggle with a team like Indiana. So I got to look at that Michigan State game last week as being something like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and I'm gonna pick Michigan State actually to uh, to uh, cover that to not to not lose by 20.5 points. I really hate giving 20 points and more when the team you're betting against is a good team i'm not saying michigan state's great but you know it's it's a good program that's a lot of points yeah but uh i mean ohio state's been a pinball machine yeah and it's it's defense michigan state's defense is certainly better than nebraska's okay so you're not going to see what we saw in lincoln i wouldn't think (laughs) But, I mean, the Ohio State has 19 touchdown passes, no interceptions. They're doing everything right. So I'm going to say that they, they keep it going. And with great hesitation, I will throw the 20 and a half points. Which brings us to the lock of the week, and we can start talking about this with some satisfaction because we've both hit two in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. So they are locks now. And you had a great one last week. You had Auburn giving 11 against Mississippi State, and Auburn just yep. smashed them. Yeah. What do you got this week? Oh, I was kind of debating on the two, and I was kind of just waiting to be put on the spot here to decide which one it was going to be. And uh, I'll say what I was thinking. I was thinking, 
Eastern Michigan covering against Central Michigan by 6.5 points, so Eastern Michigan winning by 7. I was thinking that. I think Central Michigan's a terrible team. Um, but I'm going to keep them a little more interesting, and I'm going to go with Illinois to cover against Minnesota by 14. I thought about that one. Yeah, you just it, you think that's a nice big number, and the Gophers haven't whooped on anything. Yeah, and I think Illinois, you know, they're, they're going to want to play somebody, uh, and, and Minnesota's had – Tough time beating a lot of teams this year, and I don't know if any of the teams. Everybody, they, yeah, they, they, yeah, but <laughs> they've I, won. They and I don't know if any of those teams are you know great teams. I think Illinois can compare to a lot of those teams, yeah. so I could see Minnesota still winning. But I want them to keep their little streak going of winning by you know. You know, I, I heard a. I think I read this earlier this week that no Big Ten team has won by one score in its first four games since 1915. <laughs> And that uh, Minnesota just did did that last week. The team that did that in 1915 was the Chicago Maroons. Oh, uh, which a lot of people would think Illinois is a bunch of maroons, but <laughs> but I mean that's that's a, a, over a hundred years that nobody won its first four games by one score in college football. That's insane. Wow. That's oh, is that just Big Ten or is that? Uh, is that all of college? Maybe a Big Ten. I okay. think. Yeah, yeah. But the last team to do it. Uh, I think three was 30 years ago. Wow. So that's – but to, uh, we talked about it last week. I think that's a, that says a lot about a team. You win the close games, you know. Yeah, what, I, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see a close game and then win it at the end. That's fine with me, Minnesota. And but. so they'll, they'll have to win by three scores for you to lose that one. Yeah. Mm, I think it's a good pick. I'm going with Notre Dame giving 45-and-a-half against Bowling Green. Wow. It's a huge number, a ridiculous number. And normally I wouldn't mess with it, but then I looked at Bowling Green. <laughs> Bowling Green lost by 52 at Kansas State. They lost by 28 at home to Louisiana Tech. They lost by 42 at Kent State. Notre Dame can show all the tender mercy yeah. in the world over there, but it might not be able to stop itself from covering that number. All right, I like that. That's so, uh, you know, it, they might fall into the end zone seven <laughs> or eight times. <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't, you know, it's, it's, everybody plays games like this, but in October, if you're in Notre Dame, I don't think you want to go Yeah, see that has it. to be one of the biggest spreads of the week, I would think. Yeah, and I think so, so There too. you go, Mike Loss picking Yeah, them. going with the Irish. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can do some more bragging next week yeah. when we talk we'll about the Penn our, State game. Keep our locks going. We're on, a, like I said, we just need to get a few games under our belt. See how these teams are made. And yes, yes. The more information we have, the more yeah. brilliant we are. <laughs> you, you keep believing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, please join us again next Friday when we talk about this Penn State Iowa game. We'll see how important that turns out to be. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.